Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. When we left the Rocker B and, and moved back to our ranch at Kynosa, Texas, which is in the, in the golden triangle of Monahan's Pecos and Fort Stockton, um, whenever we moved back into the house that my dad was raised in and everything, there was a garage, and I don't think it was a garage for very long. It was a big two-car garage that they turned into like a bedroom. That's where all the boys slept. My dad was one of six kids, and so all the boys slept in the, out there, and my granddad was a World War II uh, ham radio operator, and so had all the radio stuff in there and everything, and so whenever we moved back to the ranch from the Rocker B to go to work for the prison system, um, I took this big room, this big double car garage and everything. It just had a cement floor in it and a couple of poles, and it was cold in the winter, and it was hot in the summer, so it had heating and air conditioning. And, um, you know, if you've never been to West Texas, um, I don't know about those other parts of, of Texas, you know, like, um, you know, East Texas. That's what people call it. It's really just Western Louisiana, and North Texas is actually just Southern Oklahoma, and uh, the Panhandle is just Southern Kansas. So really, the only Texas is West Texas. Not a, not a lot of people know that, but um, so anyway, if you've never been to West Texas, everything will bite, poke, or sting you. Okay, and so anyway, I'm laying in bed one night, and I had to get up, and I had to be at work at five o'clock in the morning. So that meant getting up about three thirty in the morning, and I had me like this queen size bed. I mean, it was this bachelor plaid plaid there's your new word for everybody that's been getting on me for not making up new words um it was this bachelor pad deluxe and i was laying there one night just to sleep in and everything and i rolled over onto an active volcano not very many people knew that there was an active volcano in kainosa much less in my bed and i jumped up and it seriously felt like somebody was branding me on the chest and I went like that and then suddenly somebody was branding me in the crook of my leg something was stinging the crap out of me and so I jumped out of bed actually I kind of levitated I pulled myself up in midair and slid myself over like Neo on the matrix because ninjas were trained to do that and so anyway I landed on my feet in the kung fu position and I threw the lights on to find that perpetrator I couldn't find nothing. But I'm serious. I had a whelp like the size of a baseball right like underneath a rib right there. And then it looked like somebody took a red magic marker and drew a line down my stomach. And then there was another one in the bend of my leg right there, which was way too close. <laughs> to my heart, what were y'all thinking? <laughs> Sandy? So I did something that not too many people do. I went and I knocked on my daddy's door. I'm 21 years old, so this is like two years ago. <laughs> Getting myself in trouble here. I knock on the door. Now, my dad's, a, you know, just cowboys, they come, and ex-officer, and I mean, he can be awake like that. And I guarantee you, the sound waves didn't reach the other side of the door. Then dad went, what's wrong? It was like he was sitting there waiting on me or something. It was like, what's wrong? He's a ninja too. I said, well, come here. I'm not going to ask to come get in bed with you or anything. Come here. 
So anyway, we walked down this hallway and everything, and I was like, look! And he goes, what the hell happened to you? I said, I think I got stung by, by a tyrannoscorpion. Rex. And he said, no. He said, I don't think it was a scorpion, son. I said, why? He said, if it was a scorpion, that would hurt. I said, it does hurt! I'm not knocking on your door to fix me some Pop-Tarts. I'm freaking hurting here. Can't you see? My left eye doesn't work anymore. Did you see me dragging my left foot? He's like, well, did you find it? And I said, well, no. He said, well, here, take a Benadryl, go back to bed. I was like, well, I appreciate your support there, fella. If I die, you're going to feel guilty. You're not going to die. Go back to bed. So I went in there. I took my Benadryl. And I'm serious, guys. I can laugh about it now, but it was hurting with a capital ting, okay? And so I went in there and I turned on the lights again. My bed looked like there was a samurai sword fight in it, except for one item. My pillow was still laying there. And I walked over there and I lifted that pillow up and there was a scorpion this long. I'm, it was amazing that it even, the only reason it fit is because I had a body pillow. No, I did not. I did not have a body pillow. Y'all are going to make fun of me from now to the end of time. Let's pray right quick. Please strike that from the record. <laughs> Anyway, there was the scorpion. And so I took a paper towel, a long paper towel, and I scooped the dead scorpion up, and I put it on the bar, right where my dad sits every single morning. No, it was dead. I didn't taxidermy it or anything like that. but And I sat it right there, because I was going to be up and at work before that boy ever even got out of bed. And so that day, I'm working at the prison, and I'm standing there, and I see this cowboy in this little gray uniform. Boy, he's coming down that walk. I mean, he's wading through inmates. He is on a purpose. You're going to think I'm joking. I'm not. When I woke up the next morning, my lips were numb, and my tongue was numb. And you know, I was kind of talking like this. And it's really hard to tell an inmate what to do when you're talking like this. Hey, come here! Everybody's like, what's the matter with you? Oh, no! I got thrown my dinosaur. And so dad comes walking in the building where I am. He walks up there and he goes, I owe you an apology. He said, but I'm going to whip your butt. I said, why? He goes, let me point out my morning to you. He said, I get up that morning, this morning. He said, I walk in there and I appreciate you making the coffee there, Bible dude, Hebrews. And he said, I poured me a cup of coffee. And of course, there's just a little nightlight because he doesn't want to turn on all the lights and wake my stepmom up. So he never turns on any light, just the bathroom light and the little nightlight in the kitchen. And he said, I poured my coffee. And he said, I went over there to that bar stool right where that convenient little napkin was set down right there. And he said, I straddled that stool. And I set the coffee down and I bowed my head and I opened it up and there's a Tyrannoscorpionist Rex looking at me from this far away. He said, I threw coffee all over the ceiling, fell over backwards, and he said, and I bumped my head and you need to say you're sorry. I said, I'm not going to 
He said, I did feel a little guilty. He said, Dad gum. He said, that was a big old scorpion that stung you. And I don't know. <laughs> if he doesn't still feel guilty about that, he should. You don't be on your daddy's door at 2 o'clock in the morning if there's not something wrong. I really seriously doubt my dad still feels guilty. But you know what? In Christianity, there's a problem. Is that a lot of us feel guilty about something in our past. Something that we just can't let go. Are you tired of feeling guilty about something that happened a long time ago or maybe last week or maybe yesterday or maybe this morning? Are you tired of feeling guilty? Do you wish that you could just let it go? I had a guy tell me just this week. He said, you know, he said, I I just can't, I can't forgive myself. I just feel guilty for the things I've done in my past. You just wish you could let it go? How come that we're quick, some of us, are quick to forgive others, but why do we have a hard time forgiving ourselves? If Jesus' blood washed away our sins and God forgives us, why can't we forgive ourselves? Why do we feel so guilty even today about something that happened a long time ago? Why are we still carrying that around? Before we leave here today, God's going to show you how you no longer have to feel guilty, and he's also going to tell you exactly how to whip that guilt forever. Why do we feel guilty? What causes guilt? Well, I made a few notes and, and you know, sometimes it's just because of, of a hurt. You know, um, you know, maybe somebody hurt us or maybe we hurt somebody else or hurt ourselves, but hurt is a main cause of feeling guilty. You know what? Some of us are walking around because somebody is guilt tripping us. Isn't it? I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one in this building or on the internet that has ever had somebody come up and just lay a big old guilt trip on you and they won't ever let you go. And every time something gets brought up, they bring it back up and, you know, it just makes you feel guilty and you're sorry for it and you wish you could change it, but you can't. And it just seems to go on and on and on and on and on. You know, sometimes an action that we did in the past causes us guilt Sometimes it's an inaction. Maybe you didn't do something that you should have done. I mean, I think that, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. Can we go back and say, you know what, man? If I could have only done something, if I would have only acted instead of not. How about some of us feel guilty because we keep doing the same thing over and over and over, don't we? Boy, we, we know it's wrong and we just keep doing it, we just keep doing it, we just keep doing it. And, and every time we do it, we think it'll be okay that time, but afterwards, you just feel like, oh, crap. And, and, and after you do it, it's like, here, here we go again. You know, and, and each time you just take another step down and a step down and a step down, and before too long, you're just like, is it even worth it anymore? The guilt just crushes us. It's time to whip your guilt forever. Why do we feel guilt? Now, I'm going to go over some things, and this is, uh, whenever I say old covenant, God made a covenant, a promise. He made a deal with Abraham. He said, if you do what I tell you, I will make your descendants more numerous than the, than the stars in the sky and the sand on the beaches and, and blah, 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 and, and you will be the father of my people, which was really funny because Abraham's wife couldn't have children. Well, 
That didn't stand in the way of God. But he made a covenant with Abraham, and then later on through Moses, God uh, enacted the law because the Israelites were walking around thinking that their stuff don't stink because they're God's people, and God was like, hang on a second, just because I chose you don't mean that you're all perfect and stuff. As a matter of fact, let me show you why. Because if you want to be holy, here's what you have to do. And he gave all of these laws, and he said, if you break any of these laws, you have to sacrifice an animal or offer a sin offering and do all of this stuff. And I mean, religion back then was a full-time job because you know, as soon as they would get holy, they'd turn around, walk, look at that girl in the toga, and go, oh, got to go do it again. You know, I mean, that's the way it was. And it just, it happened over and over and over. Under the old covenant, it was a complex system of offerings and sacrifices that had to be repeated consistently for the cleansing of the soul. It was kind of like your soul taking a bath, okay? You had, to, you had to sacrifice these animals and you had to offer these things up to God and, and stuff. But the blood of bulls and goats could not take away the sin. They only made an interest payment on it. What do I mean by that? Have you ever heard of an interest-only loan where you make a payment every month, but it's just the interest? You never pay the loan off because you can't pay the principal off, so you just keep paying the interest. The old system was an interest-only loan. The blood of the bulls and the goats and all of these offerings was an interest-only payment, and you had to make them every time you did something wrong. This system pointed to our need for a savior by reminding us constantly of just how sinful people were, how sinful people we are. Wow, every time you messed up, man. And I mean, it was a foreshadow of the things to come. But there's a new covenant now. The Old Testament and all of its laws and everything pointed towards our need for a savior. And that savior was sent down in the form of a man. It was God's word made human flesh, and his name was Jesus, called the Christ, the Messiah. As John the Baptist said, behold the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. Under the old covenant, the law, we couldn't afford a principal payment for our sin, only the interest. Yet Jesus' life paid off the debt. Do you have to pay interest on a debt that's been paid off? No. No. Now, see, Jesus said, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Make no mistake, he didn't just come and erase your debt. He paid for it with his life. He paid it off. He didn't erase it. He didn't abolish the law. He fulfilled it because whenever he was the only one that could ever keep every single law, and yet he was sacrificed for the ransom of you so that your sins could be forgiven. So where does guilt come from? Why, why if, if Jesus died for our sins, Jesus died 2,000 years ago for the forgiveness of the sin that you did yesterday or the sin that, you, that is going over in your mind, that thing that you're guilty, that you're feeling guilty about, he's already paid the price for it and you keep making interest payments. Why do we do that? Because we try to make it up to God and we all do it. You try to make it up to him. Oh, well, God, you know what? I'm going to start doing better now, God. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to show you. You know what? God's not going to accept that. You cannot make it up to God. The only thing that he will accept is the sacrifice his son made, not you. And the faith in that sacrifice. 
is how we are cleansed, is how we are made clean. You can't make it up to God. Why are you trying? That was the old law. That was the old covenant. You're making interest payments. I'm making interest payments. We try to pay him back by living a good life. Don't we? We try to pay him back. Man, God, you know, you, you sacrificed your son and you did all of that stuff for me and I'm, I'm gonna I'm pay you back. Do you really think that you can pay God back for the sacrifice of his son? Could somebody pay you back if you sacrificed your son or daughter for them? There's nothing. It can't happen. You cannot live a good enough life. Only Jesus' life that he gave for you was good enough. And what did he say? Believe in me. If you love me, obey what I commanded. What was his most often repeated command? Do not be afraid. All of this stuff that I've been talking to you about, I didn't just come up with it. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, 1 through 7. The old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under the system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Listen to this part. If they, could have been, if they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Did you hear that? If they could have provided a perfect cleansing, the sacrifices under the old covenant would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. You feeling guilty? It's probably because you're living under the law, not under the grace of God. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Y'all thought I was just coming up with some fancy words straight out of the Bible. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. None of those sacrifices were pleasing to God. Then I said, Jesus talking, look, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. We would rather, do, this isn't in the Bible. This is me talking. Hope, actually, it's the, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you out there and you know exactly who I'm talking to. We would rather depend on ourselves to make up for our mistakes than to rely on the blood of Christ to wash away our sins. Why do we feel guilt? There it is in a nutshell. We try to make it up to him. We try to sacrifice something, but God is not pleased with sacrifices or burnt offerings. He's only pleased in his son and he is only pleased by our faith in the son of man, Jesus Christ. So how do we rely on Christ to get rid of that guilt? So I mean, there, there is, and I'm not gonna say that this is a, uh, this is a one, two, three and everything, but if you're tired, if you wanna whip guilt I don't care if it's guilt. I don't care if it's sin. I don't care if it's unforgiveness. I don't care what it is. If you are ready to whip that, I'm gonna give you three steps to do it. First step is gonna be getting a new microphone. This is what God wants you to do. If you've slept through all of this, listen to this. This is what God wants you to do. First thing, fess up. Fess up. Be a man. First person you need to fess up to, and most importantly, is God. In 1 John 1, 9 and 10, says this, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive 
us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Confess your sin. Confess that thing that you're feeling guilty about. Confess it to God. Another thing that you should probably do also, come talk to me. I'm not talking, and and I know that a lot of you were raised Catholic or anything. I'm not talking about that type of of ceremonial confession. I'm talking about going to a friend or a person that you trust and admitting something that you did. It doesn't, doesn't even have to be anything that they have anything to do with. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. If you're, not, if you're uncomfortable with talking to somebody, come talk to me. I'll talk to you. I'll listen. I don't care what you've done. The only sin that God will not forgive is unbelief in his son. And you would be amazed at the weight when you tell somebody that dirty, nasty thing, whatever it may be. Tell somebody about it. Come tell me. Tell, tell a friend. Whatever. Tell somebody about it. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Wouldn't we all like to have some wonderful results in our life? You can have that right now. Fess up. Talk to God. Talk to a friend. You can come talk to me. Whatever. The third thing, talk man to man. This country needs more men. We got a lot of males and very few men. We need men. Matthew 18, 15, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. If the other person listens and confesses it, you've won that person back. Word of caution. What I mean by this is if, you know, you may be feeling guilty because you're holding something against somebody that they did. Go talk to them. Don't go talk to your neighbor. Don't go talk to their wife or their husband. Walk up to them in person, man to man, and go, hey, man, we have a problem. This is what happened, and I got offended by it, and um, I'd like to talk to you about it because I don't want to carry this around anymore. Word of caution. If someone sins against you and you go talk to them, you should go talk to them with a broken heart not angry words. If you're mad about it, you ain't prayed enough about it. It ought to break your heart to have to go and tell a fellow believer that they sinned against you. And your only, your only wish for that deal is reconciliation. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to, uh, you know, invite them back into your home or you do, that doesn't mean that you have to be buddy buddies and best friends or, or anything. It just sets everybody free. First thing we got to do is fess up. Tell God, tell a friend, tell a pastor, tell somebody. And if you're holding something against somebody, go talk to them man to man. The second thing is once we confess it to God, okay, and I'm, I'm just going to lump those other, those other three things that I meant, those other two things I mentioned, I'm just going to lump it right in there. Once you confess it, this is what you do next. You give it to Jesus and you right away. You just say, I'm done with it. You just right away. Hebrews 8.12, we were in Hebrews 10. Hebrews 8.12 says, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. But boy, we sure will, won't we? We keep bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. Once you confess it, just walk away. Tell, Tell him what you did and then turn and walk away because it says, and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins. And the third thing, and this is the main thing, Here's where every single one of us have fallen into the devil's trap. Quit looking back at it. 
quit looking back at it. You remember the story about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah filled with sin and this and that, nasty and rah, 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 just horrible. God finally said, I had enough. I'm going to wipe you out. I'm going to wipe you out. But Lot and his family, I'm going to save. So he sent some angels in and the angels said, get out of here right now. Y'all hightail it out of here and don't look back. Whatever you do, do not look back. And we all know what happened. They get out there on top of the hill. They can hear fire and brimstone raining down. Y'all think I preach fire and brimstone? Fire ain't never fell from the sky. Fire and brimstone is burning up Sodom and Gomorrah. And what does Lot's wife do? And she's immediately turned to a pillar of salt. So do not think that God does not take this part seriously. I'm not going to say that you're not going to be tempted to turn around and look back at your sin, that thing that you're guilty of, but make your mind up right now to not ever do it again. You ride away from that and you never, ever, ever look back. Proverbs 26, 11. Everybody should remember this. Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his folly. Remember this, www.savethecowboy.com. You can go there 24-7 and watch these sermons or catch up. No, not the kind you put on your fries. You can catch up on any messages that you've missed. You can do a lot of other stuff there as well, like make a donation to help us reach more people or just find out more about who we are. But here's the main thing. We'd like to start a Save the Cowboy in your area. We're looking for cowboys and cowgirls like you to help us do that. So just go to www.savethecowboy.com and contact us to find some more information, and I will personally call you back. Looking forward to hearing from you, amigos. This program was brought to you in part by Jim and Kelly Gerald of Integrity Auto Repair. Give them a call and tell them that you appreciate it. And if you're ever near Kiowa, Colorado and you need something, Integrity Auto Repair is exactly where you need to go.